evening everyone on behalf of adia hyderabad we welcome you to design stories a series of webinars and live events aimed at discovering a successful designer and engaging with them to discuss their bittersweet journeys towards being called successful adi is a network representing the professional interests of the indian design community creating a meaningful interface between design professionals people as users the industry education institutions students and policy makers my name is akhil karanam i am the head of industry outreach at adi hyderabad and your host for today so our guests for today are santosh kochar lagota nakul latkar and vidyadhar bhandare the founders of earth and tunes founded by the alumni of national institute of design ahmedabad earth and tunes is a social enterprise trying to build a better india for the future it is presently being incubated by the rural technology and business incubator at iit madras the co-founders had pursued masters in transportation and automobile design at nid gandhinagar and had completed their undergraduate in engineering prior to starting earth and tunes the team had worked in various fields ranging from electric vehicles mobility for the disabled indian railways to marketing and man management in oil marketing giants welcome to adia hyderabad design stories guys Thank so you. So, so tell me, guys, why did you, from the myriad of problems that the farmers of a country face from day to day, choose to address the problem of a farmer's footwear first and foremost? Why and how did this uh, journey start? Sure. Uh, uh, firstly, thank you, IDI, for inviting us uh, to talk on this prestigious uh, platform. It's truly an honor. Uh, and to answer your question, uh, I believe that 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 was the reason we we actually made up. Uh, Uh, a whole presentation, and we wanted to share the whole journey with you because uh, generally we, it is not very obvious that why why would you want to actually make footwear when there are other issues which are plaguing farmers. So hopefully, I think our presentation would answer this question. Uh, and if it's uh, okay, do you want me to start? Uh, please, please do. We are ready to go. Yeah. Uh, I hope my uh, screen is visible. Yes. 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 Uh, right. Uh, good evening, everyone. Uh, uh, th- thanks, Akhil, for the introduction. So uh, we are Earth and Tunes Design, um, and uh, just to give you a brief snapshot, what we are doing is we are trying to make footwear for India, and when it means India, we are covering both rural and urban India. Uh, one of our main range of footwear is actually for the Indian farmers, which we have made from indigenous desi wool. Uh, how did we arrive at this uh, is I, i'll just go through our presentation so one of the first questions we generally get asked is uh, you know your transportation designers why are you trying to make uh, footwear and that is one of the you know and and indirectly that would answer why actually we started earthen tunes so prior to just uh, starting earthen tunes the three of us worked on a on a wheelchair project as part of our graduation thesis and although uh, 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 transportation in nid has been more about the stylistic things we realized the potential of design thinking when we were actually making this wheelchair and how it could actually impact uh, indian indians per se uh, and how we could come up with some complete something which is completely new uh, and which solves the problem precisely which indians are facing during this research we also realized that most of the stuff we find in india is actually western and you know we try we generally find the downgraded versions of it so we also during this journey we were trying to de- understand and define what truly indian design is and whether you can actually come up with something without no influences from the west at all so uh, just to give you an idea this is actually a three wheeled wheelchair which we designed for a startup called indent designs uh, the startup was also incubated by it madras and these people are uh, they have started production uh, just this year and I, I, the wheelchair is doing quite well actually and this was done uh, from ground up using only design thinking principles Uh, the next thing is actually after this uh, wheelchair project uh, three of us came together in in about 2018 
and we decided we'll just do something for rural area. We did not decide that it'll be footwear or what it will be. But one good thing we did is, as design thinking says, that we did not sit at our uh, home and just go through the articles to understand what the problem is, but we went into the field. So our first part of the journey to cover was, how can we, uh, we wanted to cover the whole supply chain from the seed, sowing of the seed until the food actually ends up in your plate. So what we call as from farmer to food actually. So we, we went through the whole supply chain. So we started off uh, mainly in Nanded, uh, which is actually Knuckles hometown. Uh, uh, and we, we, we picked up summers because we, we, there's a notion generally that the farmers face a lot of difficulties in summer. So we started off, we would go to fields, set out in the morning and just talk to them. And we would, we, there wasn't any specific agenda. Uh, it was just about understanding, just having a good chat with them. We would also try out things like, you know, uh, as an example here of driving the tractor, just to understand, you know, what are the nuances of it and, you know, how difficult it is. Uh, then we also went to the next part, you know, uh, uh, after the, the harvest happens, there's a whole other supply chain or there's a whole, uh, uh, you could say like an economy, which happens is, you know, from storing grains, to the APMC for people who might not be doing what an APMC is, uh, Agricultural Producing Marketing uh, Committee. Uh, it, it has been in the news recently due to the farm laws as well. Uh, we generally keep listening to this problem of middlemen, middlemen, and we we actually did get to see it in 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 a, in a in action where there was a uh, a lot of you could say disparity and cheating happening uh, on farmers. Other than that, we also visited go-downs. We, we tried to understand how the logistics happened. A lot of interesting interesting insights also have, uh, came across there. Like, you know, there's a lot of food wastage which happens during storage. Generally, the farmer doesn't get his, his share of money as soon as he, he gives his uh, farmer produce. He has to wait for like a month or so. During this time, when we were trying to understand the whole cycle, this whole journey took about, uh, uh, I think, six to seven months. And we also came up across similar people who were doing much more greater things than what we were doing. And we, we were truly overwhelmed when we saw these kind of activities happening. One was our interaction with Mr. Subhash Palikar, uh, who is actually one of the leading uh, natural farming uh, promoters in India. He's in fact advising the government of India as well. We were lucky enough to attend one of his sessions. And apart from that, we also took part uh, in, in uh, what, what was called as a, a, a run, which was uh, or an initiative which was being taken by Pani Foundation. Pani Foundation is actually a, an organization run by Mr. Amir Khan, where he was trying to address the issue of drought in rural Maharashtra by encouraging the villagers to take part in activities which can uh, help uh, store rainwater. So these kind of things actually encouraged us more and uh, to get to come up with something which can actually make an impact. Uh, just uh, uh, from, from this, we, uh, we were always helped by the local people. They were always willing to share their experiences with us. And all of this experience was truly eye-opening for us. We came back after this research uh, and we started collating what are all the problem statements we came across. Initially, we zeroed in on 20 problems. From the 20, we picked up five, which are actually a part of what Earthen Tunes is. And it's part of our, uh, our uh, timeline for the next 10 years. And the first problem we wanted to address is the problem of farmers walking barefoot. Uh, uh, now, generally, there is a romantic notion uh, with, with people walking barefoot. People say that you are in touch with Mother Earth. It's good for the health. Uh, that is actually not true in case of farmers. Probably it was uh, a few uh, decades ago, but right now the soil conditions and ecological conditions do more harm than good for the farmers. Uh, just to give you an idea, this is a very common site for any, any rural feed we look at. A lot of cracks. Uh, you will also find fungal infections uh, and in some cases snake bites as well. Uh, and why does this happen is actually 
farming is a very unique kind of a condition which is man made it is not natural you are creating artificial conditions so that you can grow food now this actually presents a different kind of challenges and unfortunately there is no solution in the market for this generally people say why don't you use, they use gum boots why don't they use something like woodland what we need to understand is all these are western concepts which we are trying to impose here uh, boots as an example is actually a very flawed product which is trying to be pu pushed in indian markets what finally happens is they end up not wearing anything so in both these conditions you actually cannot see their feet but they are actually barefoot just to give you an idea this <clears throat> this is an organically grown uh, vegetable farm and a high chance of finding snakes or some sort of uh, sharp <clears throat> objects is very high here so we we just did not see this we also try to experience this first hand so what we did is we we would pick a farm uh, and we would walk we took we bought all the footwear that is available in the rural markets which is available for the farmers and we tried uh, and we we wore them we wore them by ourselves and we tried to uh, uh, understand what these people go through so one is obviously barefoot next is we also bought the traditional slippers that they have then the other types of sandals open type footwear and we tried walking in these conditions and we we deliberately picked up monsoon uh, in a monsoon season to test this in an area called kolapur again which is hometown of uh, vidyadhar where there is a lot of black soil black soil is actually one of the most challenging conditions for any farmer to work in because this is what happens it starts accumulating so we tried out and we realized that there are a lot of flaws for this so uh, we again came back after the research we we listed out seven to eight points which we we thought were very essential and that our footwear should address this now we know what the what the requirement is now we have to find a solution and we directly did not jump to the conclusion that it will be a rubber based uh, footwear but we thought you know india has such a wealth of natural fibers why not we 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 want to understand if we can solve this problem with some sort of natural fiber itself so our first uh, part of this we we started our journey again in varda where we collaborated with an ngo called dharamitra they were kind enough to give us their facility and we tried out footwear with uh, jute fiber banana fiber and paper uh, sorry cotton fiber and we tried these were our very initial footwear prototypes which we made so these had some very interesting properties these these footwear but they weren't reaching the the six or seven parameters we were looking for in a footwear uh, uh, so we we just made prototypes and then we moved on our next part of the journey is we went to kerala again we got a chance to work with an ngo called kids which is based in a place called kottapuram we we tried out footwear with screw pine water hyacinth in this place interesting this place is actually run by a local church which supports single widowed uh, women and we were very lucky to actually work with them uh, this was also a part where we we were trying to co fabricate the footwear with the women there we also came across an interesting museum in this kottapuram which had a wealth of natural fibers and different types of weaves unfortunately kids has stopped producing these weaves because of lack of demand in case any of you visit kottapuram uh, you should you should visit this museum it's an amazing place to uh, be there uh, unfortunately it's not getting enough importance and press that that it needs after that we worked with another organization called ccri uh, which is central choir research institutes in alappi we worked in choir there uh, and also uh, uh, again a variation of water hyacinth and sisal fiber as well this is the footwear we had come up with after work. um and uh, this the left one is made from screw pine and coir and the right one is made from coir fabric again these were good footwear to work. they they felt great to wear but again they weren't 
meeting our requirements of making a footwear for farmers so overall uh, through all this journey we we i think uh, experimented close to 14 to 15 fibers until someone somewhere in nagpur told us there is this elusive wool which has this properties of which we were looking for so this is uh, honestly it was magic when we first saw it uh, just to give you a demonstration of it i i like to play a video now actually the, the main thing i wanted to show there was one of one okay. of the main challenges we were facing with any natural fiber is is when it comes to water resistance okay, okay. and this material was truly fascinating in the sense that it doesn't allow water to stay at all and mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, we tried it uh, by by putting it on our heads and and this is like a demonstration of uh, uh, how water repellent oh, it is and then we right. realized that actually the pastoral community who make these wool blankets they mm -hmm. a typical wool blanket actually lasts for 20 to 25 years okay. and and they use it throughout the year which is something which actually was very fascinating for us and that's the reason we went to actually check this out um, mm -hmm. and just during this time, we also tried understanding the other part of wool economy as well. You know, for who, where it is sheared from, uh, you know, what, what is the quality of the fleece. And we also came across other practices uh, uh, of how the whole, whole wool blanket is made. And, and a lot of interesting things came across. Uh, one thing is wool economy is actually one of the main source of income for the pastoral community. There are... Uh, India actually has four to five types of indigenous wool, and mm -hmm. it is mainly re reared by specific uh, pastoral communities. So the the area where we did our research was mainly in the Deccan region, in Deccan Plateau, which is Karnataka, Telangana, uh, such things. It employs both the men and women of the pastoral community. Uh, interestingly, this economy. For example, right. this this wool is sheared by a specific community called Katragars. Then mm -hmm. it is carded and spun by the women of the home and then it is woven by the men uh, typically a whole blanket takes a month to be made and just the weaving process takes four to five days and interestingly everything that is used in this process is eco-friendly uh, and mm -hmm. and the looms that they use are actually one of the oldest forms of pit looms in the world probably and these are the on the right side is actually the tools they use the, the top one is for the shearing Mm -hmm. And the and the bottom one is a brush that is used to apply a specific tamarind paste to increase the uh, to decrease the coarseness of the wool and to increase its water resistance. But unfortunately, this this economy is right now on the decline uh, because these these blankets because of their coarseness are being replaced by the plastic alternatives. And mm -hmm. what used to be a very thriving market in in a place in Karnataka is is dwindling quite fast. In fact, the average age of the weavers right now is 60 years and no one is actually taking up this craft. <laughs> so we felt there's a possible, this is again just a demonstration of, of the state that the craft is in. This is in fact a carding machine which was installed by the government uh, probably 20 years ago. It's in a, in a very bad state of decay because this is hardly used for three months on, in, the, in the year. Mm -hmm. So we felt there's a possible synergy here that there is a material which addresses our need and uh, and Probably when we are using this material to make the shoe, we could also increase the demand for the material and, and there is a chance that the weavers might get benefited. So this was at a very initial stage uh, when we started off this idea. Right. And then the challenge was actually to take this material and to make a shoe out of it. Uh, this is where we faced a lot of difficulties because most of the people we met, uh, even if they were artisans, we tried to, we in fact, uh, uh, research at least four to five markets um, ranging from Hyderabad, Mumbai, uh, Ambur, Chennai, all this to understand if anyone is willing to make, but none of them for will, were willing to work in this kind of material because it's a, it's a fabric. It is, it actually sheds and people would say reasons such as 
you know, my uh, sewing machine would get jammed and such things. And we also realized that normal apparel weavers were not will, uh, apparel tailors were not willing to work because we realized that there's a taboo related to manufacturing footwear. So uh, to overcome this, there's only one thing we could do. We bought a sewing machine by ourselves and we started, we learned stitching and we started making prototypes. In fact, uh, not me, but more my, uh, my co-founders Nakul and Vidyadar. Nakul had learned how to do crochet and he knit this shoe. Vidyadar had become an expert in stitching and all the prototypes you actually see here were made by us. And oh, interesting. in fact, this, this is the last prototype which we picked up to do a pilot uh, testing for our shoe. Uh, but we, we did not give up in the sense that we wanted to still check whether we can get this manufactured. One of the ideas we tried out is can we approach SHGs, uh, women's self-help groups. This is actually, we, uh, we work with SHGs in both Chennai and Hyderabad. Uh, this is an SHG in, in Chennai. Uh, and th they were actually able to make the shoe uh, in, in a day. In fact, a pair of the shoe. And all this, none of us were actually fluent in Tamil, but we were able to communicate our design. And we were able to come up with a design which is easily understandable, where we can, we use things like symmetry, uh, easy to mark, and we gave them all the tools that they required, and they were able to make the shoe in a day. This was encouraging, but we felt this is not what we could take for a large-scale production. So <clears throat> this idea is still part of Authentune's timeline, which we would like to pick up later. But this was an interesting observation. <clears throat> then later on, <clears throat> IIT Madras approached us. In fact, sorry, we approached IIT Madras and we asked them if they could fund us and incubate us. They told they liked the idea, but they told they were apprehensive about it and they wanted us to prove the, the viability of the idea. So they told us to do a pilot for it. They told us at least to sell a few pairs and show us that this has market viability and then we'll provide you IIT incubation. Uh, so we made 30 pairs from a place called Ambur. Uh, we got them manufactured by requesting one of the local manufacturers. And we set out, again, we, we, we went to Maharashtra and a few places in Telangana. We tried to sell the shoes directly to the farmers. And we also tried to understand the feedback that they had. And the whole pilot was not done for free. We would charge at least some token money from them so that they would value the product. And here we tried out different types of wool as well. We tried out 100% wool. We also tried out blended wool. Uh, and there were a lot of interesting insights which had come across. Uh, so this is just a snapshot of different conditions that we tried out in. We also found that the <clears throat> women were uh, a major part of the labor uh, and they also loved our shoes. In fact, a lot of them would recognize this material as gongadi uh, or the wool blanket and they themselves would encourage other people around them to wear our shoe. Uh, this is just the uh, people whom we, we gave our shoes to. <clears throat> and then after this, uh, our endeavor was to associate ourselves with uh, something like IIT because a lot of new doors would open when we, uh, when we associate with them and that luckily happened. IIT liked the results that we got from the pilot. We piloted actually 30 shoes and 29 of them got sold out in, in two to uh, three weeks. And people were willing to pay the money we were asking for. <clears throat> and so we were lucky enough to be incubated by IIT. They, they gave us a lot of platform, good platform. We were able to display our products uh, at various forums and we got a lot of interesting feedback. Uh, interestingly, at the same time, we were also selected as one of the finalists for Lexus Design Award uh, in, in 2019-20. Uh, and that day we were lucky enough that our product was also displayed at the Delhi International Airport, uh, the bottom right one. And finally, after a lot of iterations, this is the shoe that we, we are presently making. It, this is the shoe we'll be marketing. We have two ranges now. We have one range for Urban India, which is made from 100% wool, uh, which is priced at a higher price. Um, 
and we have one for rural india where the design is similar but the upper material changes we have gone with a wool blend for rural india because rural india required more strength 100% wool had it was failing at a few points but interestingly the blended blankets are also being made by artisans from rural india itself and we are sourcing those blankets as well from them the next idea we are also working on is to come up with a snake bite shoe uh, we are presently actually working with uh, madras crocodile trust in chennai which is also known as snake park they are one of the most forefront of uh, herpetologists in india and they were they liked our idea and they they were uh, they also uh, are going to provide us the testing facilities to to test our shoe uh, parallelly also we did not want to just discount what is happening in traditional india in terms of snake bite so we also try to understand the traditional methods like we met met a few tantrics and healers but we did not find any anything encouraging in that direction um, so the final solution we have come up with is, is this shoe this is presently in testing phase and this is a shoe that will be making for snake bite protection this is up till the ankles uh, uh, this is much more better than the boot that is available right now because it is it is much light lighter breathable and it is more closer to your profile of your feet uh, unlike the boots um, and it hopefully at least initial trials seem very positive and it should provide 100% snake bite protection if it does it will be probably india's first footwear to do so and next part is is mainly about us and the people who have helped us in our journey although we have been told a lot of times that this is a stupid idea to go after and such things we were we weren't just the three idiots who were involved in this there were a lot of other people who helped us out for example our batchmates uh, from nid uh, mr anand mr pranav they they actually sacrificed their time to come along with us on our journeys which actually did not have any specific agenda but just exploring uh, the place and and the uh, fibers there uh, this is mr karna he, he is from a uh, organization called cfp center for pastoralism he was very very uh, pivotal in in us understanding the wool economy this is mr chetan isolaki he actually were, has done all the beautiful photo shoots of our products no, until idea, now uh, and also he has given us a lot of valuable feedback yeah. uh, uh, and also i think we are lucky as a team that we were friends before we started this firm and it is truly uh, encouraging that every morning we get up we do something that we love with people that we are very comfortable with and that has also helped us a lot in coming up coming this long uh, apart from that we have, we have also taken the help of a lot of uh, organizations like cfp core board dharamitra poli a few of the names that i have mentioned so yes that that is from us Sorry if I have taken up a. No, no, no. Uh, I think this is pretty awesome, guys. Uh, I'm glad that you guys stuck to your gut and didn't have to, didn't listen to what the naysayers had to say about going ahead with your uh, project. Thank you. And uh, given that you guys just started in 2018 and you had about what one and a half years before the pandemic struck, I think uh, yes. whatever whatever you've done till then, I think it is quite commendable. Thank it you. Is, yeah. Yes. So, uh, so I had a few questions uh, for you guys. um one of the first questions was uh, <clears throat> how is the usage of uh, dakani wool more organic in application you know from other protective shoes that workers use uh, say in a construction site mm -hmm. uh, i think you've already answered this question but uh, a slight extension to that would be do you think these shoes can have an application outside of a farm environment too absolutely actually uh, we we have been told and we when we were going, when we were talking to farmers there were a lot of other allied activities people around who would come uh, to us asking for these shoes as a good example is actually construction workers in mm -hmm. fact in in wathar there were people who approached us saying that we want to use these shoes so i think there is an application for this outside 
uh, farming also absolutely uh, but uh, we haven't tested it out but i'm pretty right. sure it will work right 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 also guys i uh, read somewhere that uh, um the first uh, pilot uh, stock of shoes were made by weavers and then the next batch was made by leather experts so what changed and uh, did did it bring in uh, any any sort of a change in the way the shoes were made or um... yes uh, i it wasn't uh, absolutely because uh, as i said as i mentioned earlier this fabric is new and no one were willing to work although we tried various stages of uh, production from different people for mm -hmm. example we approached cobblers also but the quality mm -hmm. wasn't good enough we approached sgs who had uh, a bit of experience of footwear but then again the quality wasn't enough mm -hmm. then we went to ambur where it is a lot of red tape in the sense that they will not they will not even talk to you because you are a, just a guy who is hardly wanting to make 30 pairs mm -hmm. so these kind of problems were always there uh, but again we we went we we never gave up we were always exploring places the final shoe that we are making actually is made in agra okay uh, where the expertise is there and honestly they were just good people who are willing to help us <laughs> because they, the the person who is helping us manufacture now also he doesn't have any need to do it uh, but just because he he i don't know he related to the idea he liked that three of us were very ziddi about it and he said okay i'll make it for you and honestly his quality has been far superior than anything we have come up I think there I think there's always someone to help if you're willing to just take a plunge sometimes absolutely i mean it it, it was very overwhelming sometimes that the, you know help comes from places you have never expected it absolutely absolutely so um why do you think no one else came up with this idea of using lakhani wool to make shoes earlier i mean it was always available and has been in uh, used by shepherds and village folk for centuries right right so i i'm really not sure it was actually baffling to us as well how can uh, we as a nation miss miss on such a treasure of a material i am not sure uh, there have been people who have tried to increase or let us say increase the income for the weavers by marketing the uh, deccani wool uh, or the blankets more but probably this kind of approach wasn't there before i am not sure uh, hmm. but at least after this people start looking at this material hopefully and and you know they find more applications to it right so do you think it would be safe to claim that you are the pioneers in whatever you are doing right now i don't know but maybe <laughs> uh, we'll only know once we probably apply for a patent i guess <laughs> so yeah while his um, while while akhil returns i have a question uh, in yes. chat box okay akhil is back akhil you were frozen oh i, I didn't know that sorry so yeah, yeah. akhil go ahead yeah so uh, with veganism becoming a very fast growing fast growing trend in, and uh, coming to practice in the nordic countries uh -huh. most parts of europe australia and a considerably good part of india right uh, do you have any plans for vegan alternatives for your flagship product the shoes and others in the pipeline if any absolutely i am a vegan myself but not completely uh, with yeah i i'll try answering that question uh, one good thing when we did all this material research this 15 natural fibers we we researched we found a lot of alternative directions which we could take as a project in themselves uh, in future for example we tried out a, to make a a a, a sole design from coir which had a lot of interesting applications but we had to stop it at that point of time because of lack of funds so all the, i think most of the fibers that we we researched have lot of possibilities uh, 
in fact the this croupine uh, footwear that we showed you that has a uh, probably applications in the hospitality industry so yes i feel there is a there's a lot of scope there is a question in the chat box uh, right. how do the shoes respond to slush and wet mud doesn't right. it make shoe maintenance an additional daily chore and cumbersome and uh, don't uh, all pebbles get into the shoe yes so one thing what we have done is we have a double weave structure as of now so the the weaving is quite tight so the chance of any small particles going inside is quite less uh, secondly wool itself has anti dust properties uh, it's dust repellent so uh, it doesn't you would say attract so much mud and let us say even if it does you just put it on a running water which is commonly found in most of the farm conditions and it just cleans off by itself second thing which we did not mention probably before is actually our, our shoe can be worn sock free Uh, which is one of the re main requirements for rural population so at least from our uh, testing that we have done we did not find the cleaning to be cumbersome and also uh, just another point to add uh, one of the main challenges when people walk in in slush is <clears throat> the footwear get effect in, in the sense that the upper gets detached from the sole uh, so we have gone with a very robust uh, molded shoe construction which is which is the strongest form of bonding and to just check this we also got our shoe lab tested uh, at clri which is central leather research institute according to the satra standards and our, our shoe are known to are with high performance foot shoes that is the kind of bonding we were able to achieve uh, in the shoe construction i hope that answers your question um, so uh, my next question was uh, uh, since farming is mostly based out of villages most farmers who work in the fields are not on the interwebs so what is your approach to market and distribute your product to your uh, target audiences i mean how uh, how do you plan to do that actually that's a, that's a great question <clears throat> our initial idea was that we'll go through the normal retail route is you you market your product or you you sell, you sell your product to the local distributors and retailers but the problem with that is there's no way you can ensure that the your footwear only reaches uh, the farmers so what we are doing is we are collaborating with uh, with companies such as samunnati and a lot of other other companies which have approached us who are directly marketing other products to farmers and they are working with fpos fpos is what is known as farmer produce organizations it's it's a it's a large number of farmers who come together to form a company so our idea is to market directly to them so that we'll also be able to save up a lot on our margins and we'll be able to give the footwear to the farmer at a much lesser price because if you go through the conventional retail route you will have to give in money at every stage to each right. one in the supply chain so yes uh, we are targeting fpos yeah good i'm glad that you mentioned samunnathi uh, i think uh, uh, samunnathi is uh, promoter is uh, one of my uncles oh, okay. <laughs> mr anil uh, oh okay we are yeah. lucky enough to talk to anil sir also <laughs> yeah, yeah so so yeah um how affordable are your shoes for the average farmer right so our shoes right now are priced at 750 plus shipping uh okay. which is per se not what you would say is is uh, is affordable but what we feel is once the farmer uses the shoe and he sees the construction i mm -hmm. think he would he would he would probably realize why the value in it uh, uh the construction is actually on par with with some of the best shoes that you can find in the market Uh, and secondly we feel that not all farmers cannot afford this just like how urban population has different 
uh, strata who can who can afford mm-hmm. we feel there is the same mm-hmm. possibility in rural india also we have seen this happening first hand that if you are able to show value to them in the product they are willing mm-hmm. to pay so right so uh, i think our endeavor will be to show value and how it is it's beneficial okay. exactly right so uh, namisha here asks uh, good to see the material explorations did you explore discarded tires some farmers use buckets made of these to carry cow dung absolutely we did also uh, in fact our uh, the pilot that we had used uh, the, the shoe that we had used for the pilot had discarded rubber uh, and tire tubes the problem with why we did not go for it in in large quantities is because the availability of it uh, it is difficult to find tubes of similar quality in large numbers at least at that point of time it was slightly difficult but we are always open uh, uh, you know in fact we will again start the uh, exercise of how we can make our shoe much more green <laughs> so that's always uh, in pipeline right right so uh, is this the only product that you have at the moment or are there other variants or uh, other shoes that are uh, that, that you know you are promoting for different applications in the real world uh as of now we have only two range uh, two ranges which we we are marketing one is the urban one uh, the okay. urban one has two variants we are using uh one wool from deccani region and one wool from uh, uttarakhand so we have two variants there and one of course is is the the farmer one um the next next range we are going to make is for uh, just targeted exclusively at women uh, because a lot of interest has been shown in our footwear from uh, women so we are going to try out interesting natural dyes uh, which is part of our right. next try also we are, we we are we feel we just touched the surface of different types of weaves uh we we feel there's a whole wealth of different types of weaves that we can try out so yes lot of interesting possibilities in the future and of course you would have seen in our presentation that snake bite footwear is also in the pipeline so yes yeah so there's another question um, namisha asks again it says uh, any other interesting problems you came across which you intend to solve other than snake bite prevention shoes uh, only in terms of footwear or generally the problems uh, that farmers face uh, so generally because that was anyway going to be my next question as well oh absolutely there are a lot of lot of potential <laughs> as i said uh, our next five projects are not footwear related per se uh so uh, we are looking at uh, other ideas like uh, can we come up with a alternative to the tractor uh, is one we are looking at uh, second thing is uh, we are seeing if we can make some improvements in packaging because uh, a lot of wastage happens uh, every year in terms of storage and transportation of farm produce but we have mm-hmm. traditionally been only using gunny sacks so there there are a lot of problems right. we, had, we we have we have made a list of hopefully we find the time and the money to do it in the future <laughs> so yes i wish you do find the funds <laughs> thank you yeah so smriti agarwal asks that's awesome uh, and i'm hoping that you would eventually make shoes condu- conducive for trekking and hiking is that an area that you're exploring to would be told uh we are we are more of a problem solving for a specific community uh, rather than making good footwear in the sense that we are not shoe designers per se we only got in here because the research told us that you need to make footwear for farmers 
Right. As, as I mentioned earlier, we never started off saying that we will make footwear for farmers, but it, it is something that the research guided us to. So hmm. let us say somewhere in the future, if we come across a problem statement, which again says that you need to make shoes for a specific target audience, we are up for it. Right, right, right. So um, talking to the audience here, uh, would you have any questions that you would want to ask uh, the trio? So in the meanwhile, uh, uh, when do you plan to uh, launch Santosh, Vidya and Nakul? We were supposed to launch now, but, but COVID has <laughs> stalled our plans <laughs> in a very bad manner. Okay. Uh, we are trying to work out uh, uh, because our production. Uh, so we are, we are going to uh, uh, start taking pre-orders this week. Okay. Uh, hopefully, probably in the next couple of days, we are working on the website. It's almost done. Okay. We're very close to launching. But the actual mm -hmm. delivery of products we are expecting to happen somewhere in, in July end to August. Uh, this is because of the COVID situation. We are trying okay. our best. Uh, factories are still closed or you know they're just opening up. There's lack of labor, vaccinations and such things. So we are trying our best. Hopefully, uh, finger crossed, July. <laughs> right, right, right. Uh, one more question that I uh, wanted to ask you was, uh, do you think uh, the farmer uh, variant of the shoe, it will suffice to, uh, you know, help out all uh, terrains of uh, farms? No, no, absolutely not. Uh, that's a very okay. good question, actually. This is just a small step in that direction. <laughs> okay, uh, okay. As I said, there's a, what we see here is a, a huge diversity of farm conditions and terrain and weather conditions. Mm -hmm. And on the left, what, what we see is a large wealth of weaves and materials. Okay. I'm pretty sure okay. they'll be, you can match all of them somewhere. Right. Like this right. weave will work in this structure, uh, this, this terrain, this weave will work in this terrain. In the ideal utopian way is the weavers get enough work and the farmers have enough food to wear. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. There's a lot of match the following that you guys are going to have to do. Yes. And hopefully that seeing us, at least few other people also enter this field, uh, right. that, you know, there is something they can right. also do. I hope so too. I hope so too. So Namisha here asks, uh, would you look at teaching folks in the rural communities so they can produce it locally? Yes, absolutely. Uh, that's a very good question. Our, our uh, final aim is to come up with a circular economy for shoes. That is the reason we tried making the shoes with SHG in the first place. We wanted to, to see how... Uh, easy it is for the shoe to be replicated so that we teach people so that they can source the material locally and they themselves make the shoe. Uh, right. And other tunes will only have uh, like just a say in terms of training and such things. Uh, so yes, it is possible, uh, uh, but it takes time. That's the only thing. Right, right. So Namisha here has another interesting question. She says, uh, if one were to take your shoes in a barter system, <laughs> what would you take in exchange for a pair of your shoes? Okay, uh, because it's mango season, I think it will be some good <laughs> amount of <laughs> mangoes. <laughs> uh, uh, I don't know, maybe Vidyadhar and Nakul could answer. That's an interesting question. It will yes. be great to interact with them because Absolutely. they must be knowing some another fiber. Yes, okay. or actually, an idea. Uh, actually, we are dying to you know uh, start our sale uh, on ground with the farmers. You know, visiting different villages and all. So it's like you know flashback to um, where we started and where we are selling it but because of this pandemic we are not able to do that but right. we had a lot of things in our mind you know we which we wanted you know and i need to do the those things and we waited for a certain amount of time but you know this covid it seems like 
but anyway whenever we get the time we'll go back to the fields again and interact with the people especially the farmers and see how it you know the reaction how they see it now right 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 so uh, any other questions from the audiences namisha says awesome thanks so much for answering all your questions and she says your work is really inspiring thank you ma'am thank you i <laughs> thank you for the kind words thank you uh waiting for a few more questions from the audience actually uh, truth be told uh, one of the most gratifying part of our work uh, is actually uh, seeing the emotion of, of the farmers once they use our products uh, because i i feel that they get impacted when we tell that we designed something for them uh, which i think is rare we we specifically go over them and tell them this is made for you you try it out and one also other thing we realized is uh, although this community hasn't asked us uh, people ask why are you making such trendy shoes for farmers so we have a counter question for them saying ki why why don't farmers deserve fashion or don't farmers need something which looks beautiful so a lot of people you know we we, we meet we keep meeting investors and all uh, they have a very monolithic view of what rural india is all of them are poor all of them are in tattered clothes and none of them wear anything beautiful but truth be told we have seen more aesthetic sense in rural india than than urban so yeah in exchange we don't need any <laughs> any mangoes but i think the if some day a farmer comes and says to us that your shoe helped me improve my health or it it protected me from a snake bite i think that is the biggest compliment we can get i think everything else would be secondary uh, so ankana says uh, a very inspiring work kudos to the team earth and dunes thank you ankana thank you thank you okay vinay bhaskar here has a question he asks uh, are they, are they looking for any agencies to work on gtm strategy yeah for, for rural as uh, we are working with uh, companies such as samunnati to directly reach out to to the farmers and one interesting thing which we came, which has come about in the last month is is actually since we have uh, our, our shoe got a bit of press that a lot of farmers have been calling us directly and they are also checking out the website which is something we did not expect again that is a no, that's a ignorance from our end we thought all farmers <laughs> are not tech savvy so that's a wrong assumption <laughs> they are tech savvy in fact they they are more proactive we have in fact 80% of the inquiries we got are from far from rural india and are directly from farmers so yes we are also learning new way so initially our only our idea was that we will not put our farmer shoes on on e-commerce at all but since last one month we have changed that we are going to retail the farmer shoes through e-commerce as well that's an interesting statistic coming from you so that 80% of the traffic is coming from the rural part of the country yes and that also fortified our our understanding that there is a need for example we got inquiries from himachal pradesh from rajasthan hmm. where we didn't even go for the research so there is a need people are looking right. for footwear so Hmm. that was very encouraging for us right right so vikas sethi asks uh, inspiring inspiring presentation do you have any suggestions for designers who wish to venture into design for rural india um well uh, one thing we would like to tell uh, for hopefully people who are inspired from our work is uh, very few of what happens in our villages is documented uh, 
and you can get a lot of ideas if you actually go and talk to them and visit them uh, so our suggestion is don't read any of the literature that is available on the net you just go and spend time in the villages there are a lot of interesting innovations that happens and although the west has been harping about eco friendly sustainability this has in, always been a part of our culture you don't need to go and tell me needs to be sustainable that's the only way he knows how to weave a blanket so <laughs> there are a lot of practices you can take Certainly. from them and inculcate in your in your field of design whatever it is so there is a lot more to learn and uh, yes so i i one advice is just go and spend some time in villages that's where true, real india is <laughs> just one addition to what santosh said ki lot of people say there are no opportunities or no business or something like that but you just live home and you know interact with the people there are so much opportunities and uh, i feel very heartfelt when you know we came to know about the very uh, some tooth like you know these are the people who are weaving that uh, and since the gomudi is not getting the market mm-hmm. children don't want to pick it up same thing uh, is happening with farming mm-hmm. as well people are not finding any business or any money and they are looking for other jobs like right. uh, so if you want to you know go and look for the opportunities go right now don't you know waste your time and try to grab as much of a knowledge as there you know because our past generation have worked really hard you know to develop that kind of a knowledge and you know in, in uh, you know get it into your daily living as well at the same time you know but a lot of people ask question ki how it is relevant or why it is not relevant and then they see some western uh, adapt- adaptation and they see that this is more convenient see convenience is a good thing but it doesn't mean ki it come with such a high price like we are already having you know change in uh, climate and all uh, which is affecting the overall thing uh, you know in a different manner i'm talking in a <laughs> different context but yeah you you should not wait and you should go right now i think i second you on that uh, vidyadhar so thank you very much santosh nakul and vidyadhar for taking us to the story of your calling and thank you especially for thinking of the farmers the hands that feed us and trying to make their lives slightly better and slightly less dangerous while they do their duty of feeding the human nation thank you uh, actually santana has a question of how people can reach out to us uh, you can visit our website urbantunes.in uh, uh, where Uh, we are also trying to sell our shoes uh, yes northern tunes daughter most of the details are there uh, uh, you can also write us write to us at contact us at northern tunes daughter so we are available uh, for most of the time we'll be happy to answer your questions yes yeah. with this we come to the end of today's design story session with the founders of northern tunes We thank all the participants for attending today's design stories webinar with ADI Hyderabad, and we hope you have had some interesting takeaways from this session. For access to a year-long engagement of more such invigorating talks, webinars, and live events about the various facets of design, please become a member of ADI. If you're not a ADI member yet, do visit our website www.adi.org.in and become a member today. Our student membership costs just rupees five hundred. The link to which is in the description below. Until the next edition of Design Stories, goodbye and stay safe. Thank you, guys. Thank you very much. Thank you, everyone.